the resume rewriting process and the LinkedIn preparation process is, is a pivotal, pivotal part of the entire application strategy. I mean, that said, it is a discretionary service that we offer. It's not part of the paid service and we choose to make the service available if we have the time available. And second, we think the client is following our advice and benefiting from this um, um, process. You know, if a client is becoming difficult to work with and defensive in the process, you know, we can just choose not to do it for them. Um, it is an important process, that said. I, I would say that the clients who have done extraordinary, extraordinarily well have taken the time to take our feedback and make significant changes to their resumes. Um, let me explain to you why this process is so important and why it should never be outsourced. There's many resume rewriting services all over the internet, right? I mean, you type in resume rewriting service and you'd find a you know, laundry list to pick from. Now, I don't know any of these services personally. No one at Firms Consulting knows any of these services, so we're not attacking any of them, but I really question the value of these services. Even if you send your resume to someone and you spend two or three calls, 30-minute calls discussing um, uh, different parts of your resume and what you're seeking from the service, there is no way in hell that the person writing your resume can understand every single bullet that you've written to the same ability as the person who was actually involved in the activity in that bullet. So when we write a resume, we follow a sequence of steps. And the sequence is very important. The first thing we do is we change the formatting. I've yet to see candidates who have good formatting for the resume. We have our own formatting, which we put together from you know different business schools. And we think it's a very good format. We will first ask you to change your resume into our new format, right? The format works. It's almost exactly what McKinsey is looking for, exactly what BCG is looking for. So there's no you know, dispute here in terms of the kind of efficacy in terms of the value it's going to bring to you. Once you put it into the right format, we then ask you to go back and put back all of the content into your resume that you deleted because you thought it was unimportant. The reason we ask you to do that is because as your coach, it is my job. I am accountable at the end of the day. I don't want you to tell me something was removed because it is unimportant. I want to see it with my own pair of eyes and say that is unimportant to the bigger picture of your profile. And that speaks to the firm's consulting approach of us checking everything. Everything we do for a candidate, we personally verify it. It's not a system whereby oh, my friends from, I don't know, Stanford Business School told me my resume is ready, I'm going to send it through. I'll say, nope, if, that's not the way we work. I want to see that resume. I want to see what you cut out, and I want to make sure that I am happy with it. And unless I am happy with it, it doesn't matter even if a partner from McKinsey told you to submit it. Unless we give you the go-ahead, that's not going to be submitted because our standards are that high. Things must pass our vetting process first before they go through. So as I said, first process is formatting, second process is putting the content back in, and then the third process is that we ask you to lightly try to fix the bullets to write them in an achievement format. An achievement format bullet must be the context of why you did something, the action you took, not who your team took, the action you took within your team, and the you know, hopefully quantitative outcome of the action you took. Now, we don't expect you to be perfect at doing this, but we expect you to give it your best shot. And I mean, you know, different clients put in different degrees of effort, but the more effort you put in, the better. Now, all of that is taking place just after the planning call, right? 
the planning call finishes, you get the resume format, you you convert your resume into the new format, you put in all the, the data that you had ex you had deleted it before, and then you try rewriting your resume. Then you and I will sit down together. We will sit down together and we will go through every single piece of text on your resume. And I'm not exaggerating when I say every single piece of text on your resume. Now, a common mistake clients make with us is when they when they mark up their resumes, they'll send us a marked up version. They say, I don't want to see a marked up version. The, the reason why people send marked up versions is because they assume the rest of the things are correct. So they're only going to look at the parts marked up. We don't want to do that. When you change one thing in your resume, everything has to be reviewed. Because when you change one thing in your resume, your profile has now changed. So just because a point didn't change, its relevance may be altered by the fact that you changed another point. Its reason to be on the resume may be superfluous because you've changed another point in the resume, right? So we don't ask for marked up copies. Send us a resume with your edits, but don't mark it up because we're going to go through everything again. Now this process of continuously editing your resume, right? So we're going to have a few sessions here, you know, pending our availability and your ability to take our feedback. We'll go through a few sessions. Each session will go through every single point, every single piece of text in your resume, line by line, constantly editing and tweaking it. The strategy here is never to make big edits. Because when you make a big edit, you don't know what it's going to look like after the edit. So you have to make tiny edits, see what it looks like, make another set of tiny edits, see what it looks like, constantly making small adjustments. That's good resume editing. Bad resume editing is where you make dramatic changes. When you make dramatic changes, you can't really see the impact of a change you want to make. So you want to make a, s a small change, see if it makes sense, and then make more of that change, make more of the change, make more of the change. That's the process we follow, right? That's going to take about four to five to maybe six sessions to get what we call the first draft out. The first draft is a version that we are happy with. But we call it the first draft because it's not going to be submitted yet. The reason why we don't submit resumes after the first draft is because after a while of looking at a resume, I become so familiar with it as your coach that I cannot see the mistakes that may have crept into your resume. So what I ask people to do is when the first draft is done, we'll put it away for two weeks to three weeks, not look at it. And then we'll get back together again and go through it. So we're essentially recreating the process of looking at your resume with a fresh pair of eyes. The best resumes, I mean, we've had people with 610 GMAT scores, 620 GMAT, going to schools that you know are off the Ivy League grid and getting into McKinsey and BCG. Those kind of clients put the effort into their resume. And putting the effort into your resume is not just rewriting your resume. We may identify a material weakness on leadership and ask you to introduce an initiative at a university to fix that leadership weakness. We've done that with many candidates. So fixing your resume is not just editing text. It means doing stuff in your actual life to fix the gaps in your resume. And before you even start the initiative, we'll ask you to write it up in your resume so we can see if the way you understand the rollout of the initiative is the way we would want it to roll out because it then would flow very naturally into your resume. And if we read what you've written in your resume, we'll say, hey, this person doesn't understand what they're doing with their resume. They don't understand the kind of feedback we've given them. So we go back and say, okay, don't do it because you showed a lack of understanding in your resume. Let's talk through wh what you need to do for this leadership initiative. So your resume becomes a very powerful strategic weapon for some of our what we call turnaround clients, clients who have pretty big problems in their backgrounds and resumes and are working with us over two to three years to get into the major firms. 
we use the resume as strategic guidelines. So what we'll do is we'll write the resume we want them to have in three years. And their job is to then work backwards and achieve everything on their resume. And let me tell you, turnaround clients, it ain't no party for them, right? They work their asses off. That's the, one of the toughest groups we have. I would say the most accomplished group we have as well. Also one of the highest placement rates. We have close to 100% placement rate with that group because they are so disciplined. They follow the resume so carefully. So we write down what we want them to achieve in three years, even if they haven't done it. I mean, some of them haven't even finished their undergraduate program. We'll write up what we want them to achieve for their undergraduate program. We'll write up what, they want, what we want them to achieve for their MBA program. That way they use that document as a guideline. I expect them to have it with them at all times and expect them to know it and I expect them to have a plan that they can talk off the top of their head at any time around achieving the goals we set in that resume. So resume rewriting is a very powerful weapon that we use. And I'm not exaggerating when I say the best candidates, the ones that have really done exceptionally well, have rewritten their resumes a minimum of 10 times, and the same with their cover letters. Now, the reason you don't write your resume and your cover letter together is because your resume must complement your cover letter. So you must first write your resume then update your LinkedIn profile because once you have a great resume and you put it into your LinkedIn profile and you network with people, they look at your LinkedIn profile. If they like what they see on LinkedIn, and they probably will because we spend so much time writing in the content, they'll want to connect with you. Once you have a few discussions with them, you know what a firm is looking for, what is missing in your resume, and then you can cover it in your cover letter. So when people write their resume and cover letters together, they don't know what they're doing. What it means to me is that they're just doing it for the sake of doing it, but there's no strategy involved there. And you know you have a strategy when you've sequentially set up the process. Cover letters should never be done before your networking has commenced. If you're doing that before your networking has commenced, then you're probably just repeating what's in your resume. And what's the point of repeating in what's in your resume? It doesn't make any sense, right?